This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm Rylan Stiles and today we have a huge show for you. But first, you can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles and some of your tweets will be read on today's show. I apologize for not having a show yesterday. Usually we do two shows during the work week. Yesterday some things came up at my full-time job, uh, you know, that we just can't really help. But we're going to get a long show today discussing everything we need to know before Sunday, and on Sunday, of course, they'll have the Rapid Reaction podcast to the Ravens game. Let's start with some Chiefs news, though, before we dive into that Ravens preview. Uh, Patrick Mahomes won the AFC Player of the Week. Good for him. I mean, it's kind of expected at this point. He's always going to have one of the best games in the AFC. Uh, He had a phenomenal second quarter. Uh, Everyone knows the story around that game, but it's, it's good for him to win any award. Uh, Jalen Ramsey requested a trade. Now, here is the biggest topic amongst Chiefs fans on Chiefs Twitter, on Chiefs podcasts, on Chiefs radio, on Chiefs content anywhere, is Jalen Ramsey. He seems to be an enigma. He seems to be divisive, and he seems to be a hot take creator, a hot take generator. I don't know where to go with Jalen Ramsey. He showed up to Jaguars training camp this year with a Brinks truck, wanting to get paid, didn't get a contract, fighting with his head coach. We all know the stuff he does on the field that's both positive and negative uh, in the sense of good play, but sometimes gets out of sorts uh, in the locker room, sometimes gets out of sorts on the field, uh, starting fights and whatnot. He's a good player he would automatically be the Chiefs' best defender, especially in that secondary. You could argue he's the best cornerback in football. You'd have a very legitimate argument if you made that argument. Here's the problem. The Chiefs went out and traded for Frank Clark. They gave up the first-round pick in this year's draft to get Frank Clark. After trading for Frank Clark, they gave him like $150 million. I'll get that exact contract detail, but they obviously paid him. 
because they had to, because Seattle wasn't going to pay him. And it's clear that Jacksonville isn't going to pay him, being being Jalen Ramsey. So you'd have to trade something of of importance for Jalen Ramsey. The Jaguars are asking for a first-round pick, if not more than a first-round pick. Some places say that they're asking for two first-round picks. The exact number is five years, $105 million for Frank Clark. But not only would you give up those first-round picks, let's just, let's just say that the Jaguars get what they want and you give up two first-round picks. I think due to leverage, you can give up a single first-round pick and then tack on a third or a fourth. Either way, that's still a ton of draft capital to give up. And then you need to pay Jalen Ramsey. Because you cannot possibly give up that draft capital for a one-year rental if he holds out next year. Now, I believe that uh, he wouldn't sit out the entire season. I think that he will hold out throughout training camp and whatnot. But you cannot possibly trade that much and then not lock him up. The Chiefs are in a win-now window. That's correct. But their pieces outside of Chris Jones are here for longer than this year. This isn't the final run. This isn't the last chance. This is the start of the win-now window, a window that will extend two, three, four years. The NFL stands for not for long, but with the Chiefs having Patrick Mahomes in his prime, you have to account for the fact that they're going to be good for three to four years. Here's the other issue. Patrick Mahomes is on a rookie deal, which should mean that you have more flexibility. But you have to pay him after the season's over. You have to. Because the price for Patrick Mahomes isn't going to go down. The price can only go up. He's done too much on the field for that price to go down, and quarterbacks around him are getting paid too much for that market to go down. So it's better to lock him up now than to wait until he has another MVP season. So you have Patrick Mahomes who you need to pay. You have Chris Jones who you'd like to pay. I think it's going to come down to signing Jalen Ramsey or signing Chris Jones. I don't know if they can do both. I don't think that they can do both. So with that being said we get back to the original point of would you trade for Jalen Ramsey? Given the factors of you have to account for needing to sign Patrick Mahomes, needing to sign Chris Jones. Those are your two big ones. And then you have some decisions to be made on Eric Fisher. You have some decisions to be made on Sammy Watkins. What are you going to do with the money? How are you going to make everything work? Because what you absolutely cannot do is what I said on the front end is trade a first-round pick and then some for Jalen Ramsey, and let him walk in 2021. Because you hear whenever the quarterback's on their rookie deal that you want to improve the team around them as much as you can while they're cheap, while it's reasonable to sign these contracts. That's true. But giving up a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick sets the team back more so than it would normally because you're going to pay Mahomes after this season. After this season, you're going to pay Mahomes and that contract's no longer going to be team-friendly. I don't think he's going to pull a Tom Brady and work the numbers around to where the cap space has still basically unlimited funds. 
So if he doesn't do that, then you need to hit on cheap, controllable draft picks. Because you simply won't have the money. That's why trading for Minka Fitzpatrick would have been so crucial. Because he's still on his rookie deal. He's only a year into his rookie deal. I would have given up a ton of draft capital for Minka Fitzpatrick. And that's the only question around Jalen Ramsey. Look, he's a 24-year-old. He has three years in the league. He's from Florida State, a first-round pick. He's shown he can lock down top wide receivers week in and week out. He's shown he can do it on the field consistently. It hasn't been a one-year thing with him. It hasn't even been a two-year thing. It's been from start to finish, he's been one of the best, if not the best, cornerbacks in this league. But the draft capital that he might get might be a little bit too much. And you've seen those reports around this saying such. Nate Taylor from The Athletic has been one guy that's been out in the forefront saying, hold on a minute. While the national media is putting the Chiefs out there, they're really only doing that because of the team need. They're not doing that because they've, they've done their research and they've checked their sources. Because Nate Taylor is saying that he's checked his sources and they're saying that they're not interested at the moment. Unless that price becomes substantially reduced. Because it goes back to what I said. You cannot give up all that draft capital and then give him a, a huge deal. Not when you're in the Chiefs situation. The Chiefs' win-now window is starting. It's not ending. The Chiefs have to make the best decisions for the future still. While you're not playing to win a championship in three years, you're playing to win a championship now and the next year. That's true. In three years, though, you're still going to be competing for a championship. Your window is nowhere close to being shut, so that's where the Jalen Ramsey thing falls. If you don't want to get too into the weeds on this thing, you're saying, yes, absolutely, give me Jalen Ramsey. If you're looking for the future and you're looking for the present and balancing the two, you have a little bit more reservation. What it comes down to is the trade. Because the NFL has a salary cap, but the salary cap can always be fudged a little bit. The good GMs like Howie Roseman... The good finance folks can make it work. They can make the money work. We'll see if Brett Veach is one of those guys. He hasn't had the the chance to be one of those guys yet. He hasn't needed to be one of those guys yet. But But if you notice, the Eagles are always restructuring deals. They're always making money for something like this because they know something like Jalen Ramsey is going to pop up, and that's why they're in the mix. And that's why they were in the mix for Minka Fitzpatrick. They have a need at at safety, excuse me, at at, uh, secondary. They have a need there. They have all of their talent locked up, but yet still have money to go get a Jalen Ramsey. Because he's a magician with a salary cap, and you've got to tip your cap to him by the way he handles the cap. We'll see if Brett Beach is that guy, but right now it's unproven. Right now we don't know. But here's what it all comes down to is the trade. Because I'm comfortable giving Jalen Ramsey a huge deal. I'm comfortable with it. Jalen Ramsey's problems have not been off the field in the sense of domestic violence, abuse towards women at any capacity, getting in trouble with the law. It's not been any of that. The troubles off the field have come from bringing a Brinks truck to training camp. 
has come from getting into fights on the field and, and, and talking trash in the media. Remember last year before the season in his GQ magazine where he took a shot at every starting quarterback and basically said they all sucked. Now he had Blake Bortles as his own starting quarterback, so that was kind of counter- counterintuitive for him, but he still put it out there. Those have been his incidents, and I can live with that. And I think in a stronger locker room with a stronger head coach and a stronger organization, those things can go away. Those things can mature out of a third-year player going into his fourth season and beyond. I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable giving him money knowing that his play is not going to drop off because he's shown me time and time again he is an elite defensive back in this league. He is a lockdown corner. Plain and simple, he's a lockdown cornerback. And again, he's only 24 years old. You're not getting Josh Norman when the Redskins got him from the Panthers. When he's declining already and he showed signs that he was not going to be the player he once was, you're getting a guy still in the, in the in the heat of his prime. And then the other factor of, of the whole people assuming that him and Tyreek have beef, Tyreek tweeted out, let's go Jalen Ramsey or something to that effect, telling him that, that he wants him on the Chiefs. That's all fine and good. I don't really care about that. What I do care about, though, is the trade, because this is a no-brainer in terms of plug-and-play football. Put Jalen Ramsey on the Chiefs. They're your Super Bowl favorites. There it is. I don't want to hear New England. The Chiefs have, better, have a better offense. The Chiefs have the better offensive coach. And then the Chiefs have a very good defense now. You have Jalen Ramsey, Kendall Fuller, and Honey Badger in your secondary, along with Juan Thornhill. And then, oh yeah, Morris Claiborne coming back after week five. And in, instead of Morris Claiborne coming back and being the outside number one corner, he's going to come back and be the number two corner on the outside. Or even be your third best cornerback, depending on where they want to line up Kendall Fuller. And then again, you mentioned Juan Thornhill and Honey Badger. And then, not to mention the pass rush. Passanio has came on heavy in Spags' system. Chris Jones, we know what he can do. Frank Clark, we've seen what that man can do. Now you're talking about a formidable defense. This makes perfect sense with the X's and the O's. But it comes back to what that trade is. When Adam Scheffner tweets out what the draft capital is being exchanged at. Do the Chiefs go up a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick? I'd be comfortable. Scared, but comfortable. I'd be curious as to how they can make it work, but I'd be comfortable giving up an extra fourth-round pick. That's fine. If the Chiefs only give up a first-round pick, they've won the trade, no matter what. Now, where we get dicey is if you're giving up two first-round picks, or a first and a second. Because in the second round, you can still make some things happen. Look at Mikael Hardman making an impact right away. As long as it's a first-round pick and a mid-to-late-round pick, and that's all in the trade, that's, I'm perfectly fine with that. But you have to lock him up. You have to lock him up. At age 25, he's coming into next year, getting a, a full off season in the new system. And that happens only because you lock him up and don't allow him to hold out. Because if you lock him up, I don't think he's going to hold out. I think he wants to play football. He's one of those guys. So lock him up, trade for him, and let's go win the Super Bowl. So I've presented both sides of the spectrum, 
But where I fall again is trade for Jalen Ramsey. Go ahead, pull the trigger, but don't give up too much draft capital. If they're only going to accept the team's first and second round pick, you're not in position to do that. You just aren't. Because again, you're going to need to pay Patrick Mahomes. And so once you pay him, that's a huge chunk of your salary cap. To where you need to find players in the margins. You need to find players on rookie deals. And that becomes a lot harder to do when you're talking about only picking in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. You need to get guys in the first and second round. You just have to. In terms of picking between Jalen Ramsey and Chris Jones, if if it came down to that, cornerbacks are much more important in today's NFL. You can make the chicken or the egg argument of, well, the pass rush being good helps your cornerbacks, but I'd much rather see Jalen Ramsey in the secondary than Traverius Ward. So I'm for trading for Jalen Ramsey, but again, if you listen to reports coming out of Kansas City and not the national media, it doesn't seem like Brett Veach and that organization is on board just yet, but we'll see. So let me know what you think about Jalen Ramsey again on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And Jalen Ramsey is going to play tonight against the Titans, which I think is pretty stupid. They're supposed to trade him tomorrow, according to Adam Scheffner and other NFL reporters. So it seems like they just want to make sure he can't play this week, but I don't know why they're even going to play him. I get he's still a part of the organization, but you risk the opportunity of him getting hurt and then having an awkward situation the way that the Seahawks did with Earl Thomas. Now, luckily for the Jaguars, if he gets hurt, you still have him under control and can trade him in the offseason. The Seahawks didn't have that luxury. If you remember, the Chiefs supposedly had a deal had a deal done for Earl Thomas that was going to be signed, sealed, and delivered on Monday after he got hurt. But he got hurt that Sunday, and that deal was nixed, of course, and that's how we get to where we're at. So whenever you're watching Thursday Night Football, make sure if you're a guy that wants Jalen Ramsey very badly that he doesn't get hurt tonight. Which, in the National Football League, sad to say, but that's very common. LaShawn McCoy is questionable with an ankle injury, and Damian Williams missed the last two days of practice. That's scary. We saw how bad that running game looked on Sunday. They looked dreadful. The offensive line looked dreadful. And now it looks like you're going to be relying on Darwin Thompson. And for some people that watch the preseason, that's going to be a great thing. But you'd still like to have LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. We'll see if they play. Eric Fisher is out for week three, and he has a core muscle injury that should sideline him for four to six weeks. This is almost the worst news you can get as a Chiefs fan. Because now you're trusting Cam Irvin, who had a bad game on Sunday. He especially had a bad start on Sunday. Against a decent Raiders front. I'm worried about this. I've been worried about the offensive line since week one. And now you take away an above-average tackle and a tackle that some people consider one of the best in the league for four to six weeks. That's not good. 
That's very suboptimal. We'll see if Cam Irving can step up. We'll see if maybe Andy Reid can plug and play other guys. That's another area in which Andy Reid excels at is the offensive line. So if there's if there's ever going to be a coach that can mask this problem, it's going to be Andy Reid. If Patrick Mahomes has, has his mobility back, he can help max this offensive line by getting out of the pocket, scrambling, throwing on the run, things of that nature. With a bum ankle, though, it's hard to do that. So we'll see how he performs on Sunday. But Eric Fisher being out puts me on high alert when picking this game later on in this episode. And then we touched on it briefly, but Mika Fitzpatrick has been traded to the Steelers for a first-round pick, and then they did some other pick swaps uh, along the way. But that was really the headliner was the first-round pick. And a lot of people look at this for the Steelers and say, why? You just lost Ben Roethlisberger. You, you know, you don't really have a team to compete right now. But that move is not about right now. Minka Fitzpatrick is on the second year of his rookie deal. That's great value for any franchise. No matter if the Raiders traded for him, if the Browns traded for him, if the Cowboys traded for him, or if, the, if any team, the Giants traded for him. It doesn't matter. Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a player in this league, and you have him controlled and under a team-friendly deal for four more years. It makes all the sense in the world. He's a first-round talent. If you were going to go that direction in the first round anyway, you might as well take him, because I think that he is honestly would have been the best defensive back coming out of this class. I love Mika Fitzpatrick, and especially if you get into a situation where your defensive coordinator knows how to use him, and I believe Pittsburgh is that situation. Now, the only negative for Pittsburgh is that first-round pick becomes much more valuable with all the injuries that they've sustained over the first two weeks. I personally believe in Mason Rudolph. That, That offense was clicking when he got into the game. I believe in James Washington, going back to their days at Oklahoma State. I don't think that the offense will take that big of a step back than they would otherwise with Ben Roethlisberger. But it's still interesting that that first-round pick now has a little bit more stakes to it. Usually if the Steelers trade a first-round pick, if the Chiefs trade a first-round pick, you know it's going to be somewhere between, oh, 25, 30, somewhere in there. Maybe even 20 if it's a particularly bad year. But now you can see the Steelers picking the top 10 depending on how Mason Rudolph does. In a tough division where you play the Ravens twice, again, Roethlisberger's out for the year. In a tough division where you play the, play the Ravens twice, you play the Browns twice, and the Bengals have surprised a few people this year. Zach Taylor has them boys playing very well. Not to mention, you won the division last year, so that brings up playing all the, the other teams that won the division. So it's interesting to watch that pick and how the stock goes up and down on it. But again, Minka Fitzpatrick does not have to be a win-now move for this year. He can be a part of a core. And that's why I would have liked him so much for the Chiefs. He's a young, controllable player on a team-friendly deal. Where he fits the win-now win he fits the win-now window now, but he also fits it next year, the year after, and the year after. But let's get into this Ravens game because I think it's going to be one of the most interesting games on the Chiefs schedule. So the overview of this game is it's of course going to be on CBS, it's of course going to be at noon, and it's your home opener at Arrowhead Stadium. 
I think this has a chance to be the best atmosphere in Kansas City all year long. The home opener is always special. But mix into the account that you now have the Ravens coming to town, who have lit the league on fire in the first two weeks and has been the media's darling pick the last two weeks. Lamar Jackson playing the best football he has since college, if not better football than he played in college. Oh yeah, and this is the first time in forever where the Chiefs have Super Bowl or bust aspirations. Everyone knew the Chiefs would be good last season. In the Alex Smith era, everyone knew they'd be playoff good. This is the first year in which they're expected to make the Super Bowl by reasonable, logical fans. They're expected to be in Miami. That brings a whole nother dimension that this organization, this team, and this fan base has never seen before in a lot of cases, unless you're just a dinosaur like my father, who's seen every Super Bowl ever. This can be the best home atmosphere for the Chiefs. It sucks it's a noon game, but it can be the best home atmosphere for the Chiefs. People are going to be lined up at 7 o'clock in the morning for this game. If not earlier. I might have disrespected a few folks who are listening right now, and are going to line up at 6 o'clock and line up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But this atmosphere is going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. And that is a home foot advantage that not a lot of teams have. The only atmospheres I think that can rival this game is going to be the Packers at home week 8. Week 8, you have them at 720 on Sunday Night Football. The NFL 100 special, Packers, Chiefs, Rodgers, Mahomes. That is going to be absolutely insane. When the Chargers come to town, that's going to be insane, especially if by week 7... The division isn't wrapped. Week seventeen, excuse me. The division isn't wrapped up. I think that it's really though between either the Packers or this game with the best home atmosphere that the Chiefs will have. And we all know how difficult it is to go into Arrowhead Stadium on a normal game day and win. Now mix in all those factors I said before, and that goes into why they're a six and a half point favorite. The over under for this game is set at fifty one and a half. Let's talk about what to watch for in this one. The offensive line is my number one thing to watch for. That offensive line has been almost unbearable for two weeks. You played the Jaguars and the Raiders, and now you get another good defense coming into town with Baltimore. Oh yeah, you're without Eric Fisher too. You have to be able to to get enough time for Mahomes to make something happen. Because this game's likely going to be a shootout. In fact, I'll say it, it's going to be a shootout. So you have to give Mahomes time to keep up. To keep up with Lamar Jackson. To keep up with Hollywood Brown. To keep up with Mark Andrews. To keep up with Mark Ingram. And the list goes on and on. And that's my number two thing to watch. The defense against that offense. The defense against Lamar Jackson. Hollywood Brown. How do they cover Hollywood Brown specifically? Because Kendall Fuller's your best shot. Traverius Ward is going to get left 20 yards in the dust by Hollywood Brown. And so's any other cornerback you put on him. Brashad Breland cannot keep up with Hollywood Brown. So are you going to trust Kendall Fuller to follow him around spot to spot to spot? I think you have to. Mark Andrews is a good tight end. 
Mark Ingram is a good running back. And oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson now has an arm and can throw the ball all over the yard and can also still run at an elite level. It's a scary offense through two weeks. Now, the defense blitzed a lot more in, in week two. They looked bad in the first quarter, but after that, they looked like a very solid defense. They didn't allow a single point after that. And they were blitzing a ton more, and we'll see how that goes against Lamar Jackson. Because you're not only going to need to apply pressure to him, you're going to need to spy him and make sure that he doesn't escape that pressure and go downfield for 50 yards. So that dimension of him takes another person who could be covering the pass out of contention to cover a pass and focusing on him and exposes your already weak secondary. It's a dangerous game we're playing here with this defense against the Ravens offense. So that's going to be a matchup to watch. And hopefully for the Chiefs, it looks a lot like it did in Oakland in the second half, more so than the first quarter, but we'll see. And the last thing to watch is going to be Patrick Mahomes' ability. I talked about it briefly, but Mahomes has a banged up ankle. Sprained ankles don't just magically heal themselves. Now these guys are warriors. These guys are are not human like you and me. They find a way to play through injuries that we could even fathom playing through or even walking through just in everyday life. So he's going to play. He's going to look like he's a good quarterback, but he might not look like Mahomes. Despite his incredible second quarter last week, he did not look like Patrick Mahomes. And that's an unfair standard to hold anyone to. What he did last year and what he did even in week one before he got hurt. He's an incredible specimen of a human being. He's an incredible quarterback. He's the best quarterback we've ever seen. He has to be healthy. He has to be able to move because that offensive line, I don't trust it. I don't trust that offensive line to keep him upright. So he's got to make plays and he's got to keep up with that Ravens offense. Now, luckily, in the Chiefs' own right, they have Sammy Watkins. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Patrick Mahomes, who I just said is the best quarterback ever. Their running game is weak. And it will be even more weak if LaShawn McCoy and or Damian Williams cannot play. So Patrick Mahomes is going to have to make something happen. It's never smart to bet against him. So I don't advise you doing so. But Patrick Mahomes has to keep up. Because I don't trust the offensive line or the defense yet to do their job. Obviously a good showing by the defense in week two. A good showing. One of the best in the past three years. But they still have to do their job against a much better offense. So let's talk about how the Chiefs win. The Chiefs win if Patrick Mahomes stays upright and can make plays happen and can keep pace with the Ravens. They also win if someone steps up in that wide receiving room. I don't care who it is, but someone has to fill the void of Tyreek Hill. Whether it's Sammy Watkins having a duplicate game of his Week 1 success, Demarcus Robinson having the same success he had in Week 2, Nicole Hardman stepping up and not having touchdowns wiped off the board by holding, whatever it is, someone has to step up and replace the production you otherwise would get from Tyreek Hill, who, by the way, saved this very game a year ago against the Ravens on 4th and nine, whenever Patrick Mahomes found him streaking over the middle. That's how thin the margin was against this team a year ago, and the Ravens only improved. Now, luckily, you improved your defense a lot. And if you had Tyreek Hill, your offense was even improved by some magical feat. 
So we'll see what can happen. But someone has to step up. The Chiefs lose if Cameron Irving and, and the rest of that offensive line does not dramatically improve from week one and two to week three. And then, of course, they lose if Lamar Jackson happens because this guy's playing out of his mind right now. He can hit you with the legs, and now he can even hit you with the pass, which is something that he struggled with a little bit last year. We saw him against the Chargers not complete a pass for two televised hours. That's going to be something to watch. This is going to be a game that the Chiefs are in danger of losing from start to finish. This is going to be a game that the Chiefs' Twitter is freaking out, including myself. I'm not excusing myself from this. That the Chiefs' Twitter is freaking out from start to finish. This is going to be your first sweated out game. And one of and the way that the NFL is opening up right now, one of the few sweated out games that you should have this year. So I hate to say it, but enjoy it. Enjoy the fight that's going to happen on Sunday afternoon. This game is going to be decided by one or two plays. So let's predict the offensive and defensive MVP as we always do. Offensively, I'm going with Nicole Hardman. I think that he's going to be that guy that steps up this week. I have a good feeling about him, and I have a good feeling about Andy Reid putting him in position and putting packages in and putting plays in that utilize that speed and get him in the open space. And then defensively, in his home opener and his home debut, I think the Honey Badger is going to step up. Tyron Matthews is going to step up and have a huge game and excite that Chiefs crowd and get and make plays on defense. My prediction on this game has gone back and forth. If you ask me, Sunday night, I had the Chiefs losing 31-28. If you ask me Monday, I still had the Chiefs losing. Yesterday, I still had the Chiefs losing. Here's my issue. All the reasons I just said, not betting against Patrick Mahomes. How incredible all of you guys going to the game are going to be. That crowd could carry them to a victory, and I normally do not put that much stake into a crowd, but Arrowhead is special. But that defense still worries me. This is a legitimate coin flip game. If the Chiefs lose, I will not be surprised. If the Chiefs wins, the Chiefs win, I will be a little bit surprised, actually. Because that means that they've done something that, 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 that hasn't happened to the Ravens this year so far, and that means that they've limited that offense and played a better offensive game than them. I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win, but it's going to be close. It's not going to be pretty, and it's going to be a game that has mixed emotions throughout. It's going to be up and down like a roller coaster. But here I am. I cannot let myself bet against Patrick Mahomes, especially not against the Ravens, who really we've only seen them play good against the Dolphins, and then they played a decent game against the uh, the Cardinals. Now you can also look at who the Chiefs have played, but they have a, a more substantial track record. But this game is going to be close. And if you told me that the Chiefs are going to lose, if that was your prediction, which again, you can tweet at me at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I wouldn't be mad at you. I, I wouldn't. I, I would actually say that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Chiefs are favored by six points. Again, I would stay away from that six and a half line unless you just believe in the Chiefs and believe that they're going to win by a touchdown. 
touchdown's a big number in the NFL. Things can happen late, even if it's not a close game. But I'm going to stay away from it. I'm going to stay away from those six and a half points. But, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want. Ruling on the field is going to be a new segment I'm debuting today. we got a couple of them today. And you can always send them in throughout the week at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S on Twitter or on the iTunes review page. Leave a five-star rating and then you're ruling on the field. And I'll have them have it in the segment and give you a shout-out. Now, what is ruling on the field? Ruling on the field is where you send me your, your Chiefs or NFL takes. Anything regarding the NFL. It can be about the Chiefs. It can be about the Browns, which we have today. It can be about anything in the NFL world. Whatever you think or believe, that can be sent in as a ruling on the field. It can also be a question, but, but again, you can do takes too. And I will rule on it. Either the call on the field, which is going to be your take or your question, is either going to stand or it's going to be overturned. So let's start now with Cody. Cody is at AAK Cody on Twitter, and he says the Browns are not a good football team. The Browns are not a good football team. I'm huddling up with my officials right now. I'm the white hat. I'm going to go and turn towards the press box, turn my mic on, and here we go. The ruling on the field is overturned. If you've listened to the NFL season preview, I picked the Browns to win that division. And what they've done since I picked them to win the division is lose the Titans in embarrassing fashion in the fourth quarter and then struggle a little bit early against the Jets, but ultimately put them away after Trevor Simeon got knocked out. But again, it's the Jets and they were playing at half strength. I'm not ready to deem them a bad football team. They have the talent. They have the quarterback. You see it with Baker Mayfield last year. You you see the talent he has. And this year, it looks like he's pressing. It looks like he's trying to do too much. And it looks like he's trying to get his guys too involved instead of just throwing to the open man, whoever that may be. We'll see on Sunday night, though. At home, Sunday night football, the same way we talked about the Chiefs atmosphere, that Cleveland atmosphere is going to be insane. They have not had a game like this in years, if ever. Were the Rams that won the NFC a year ago are coming into town on Sunday night football against a team in Cleveland that's been picked to win the division and even by some go far in the playoffs? The Browns fans have never experienced this and they are one of the most loyal and passionate fans in all of football. That stadium is going to be insane. Absolutely insane. So from there, how do they play on Sunday night? That's going to be a a huge determining factor in this game. I think they're going to play well Sunday. I'm not ready to say that they're a bad football team. Uh, So I'm going to overturn this ruling on the field. I'm going to say that the Browns are a good football team, and they're going to get it figured out on Sunday night. The second and final ruling on the field for today's show Again, send more in on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Demarcus Robinson's big game is sustainable. I'm going to rule on this one and say the ruling on the field stands as called. Demarcus Robinson's big game is, is sustainable. We've seen it in the Patrick Mahomes era. Him and Demarcus Robinson have this understood and frankly, uh, how do you describe it? Indescribable connection. 
They've been on the same page since Mahomes took over. I do think in Tyreek Hill's absence, that big game is sustainable. They, they seem to connect with each other. I don't think it was a fluke. Now, is he going to have the best game of any NFL wide receiver every week? No, probably not. But he's also going to be one of the best pass catchers for Kansas City week in and week out until Tyreek Hill returns. That's what I'm ready to say. And so now let's take a trip around the NFL and then give our week three predictions before we get on out of here and get ready for another week of football. So last week in the NFL, again, the Browns struggled against the Jets, but still won 23-3. It didn't look pretty, but they got the job done. And Odell made a couple of nice grabs in, in New York, and we'll see how they look on Sunday night. The Chargers lost to the Lions, and that could be huge. Anytime a team who's been projected to stay on pace in the division with the Chiefs drops a game they shouldn't, that gives the Chiefs an extra leg up. The Chiefs have the Lions coming up next week. Take care of business against Detroit, and you, you're already above the Chargers. No matter what happens this weekend. So the Ravens look good again. We talked all about the Ravens already. Is Dallas legit? That's a question that's being asked around the NFL right now, and I'm not ready to crown them. Look at who they've played. They've played the Giants, they've played the Redskins, and they're going to play the Dolphins this Sunday. Three of the worst organizations in the sport. Three dumpster fires. Three terrible football teams. That's who they've played to this point. Now, they look extremely good against both those teams, and they'll probably look extremely good again on Sunday. Here's the thing, though. I'm not ready to say that they're legit or not. Do they look very good? Yes. Do they look impressive even? Yes. But I'm not ready to say that they're legit until they play better competition. Now, look, the Cowboys can't help that. The Cowboys play who's on the schedule, and they've done a great job of managing who's on the schedule. Look at the Chargers. They should have beat the Lions. That's expected of them to beat the Lions. So if they would have ran over the Lions on Sunday, I would be saying the same thing. They didn't play anyone on Sunday. That didn't impress me. So it's impressive that they're taking care of business. That's correct. But I'm not ready to say that they're legit Super Bowl contenders until they've actually done this to a team that is competitive. The Giants are not competitive. The Redskins are not competitive. The Dolphins will not be competitive. All three of those teams are only competitive in the race for the first pick. They play in a garbage division. They've played against three garbage teams so far. They've played against two, but they're going to play one again on Sunday. But they can't help that. So kudos to them for taking care of business and looking elite and handling bad teams. Looking very good. But I'm not ready to say that they're legit just yet. Cam Newton is hurt and will not play on Sunday following the loss to the Bucks. He hasn't looked right all year. He didn't look right last year. And you start to wonder if we're going to dive into another Andrew Luck situation. I don't think so, but that's been the kind of the hot, the hot take around the NFL. I think that Cam Newton just finally needs some rest. 
If you look at his injury history, the, the, the Panthers have always tried to push him through it. They have always tried to drag him through that injury and making him keep playing and keep playing and keep playing, and now he simply cannot play anymore. He needs to take, I, I say he needs to take the entire year off and just get right physically, come back next year, and hopefully look like the old Cam Newton, because the old Cam Newton is extremely fun to watch. The Broncos lost in heartbreaking fashion against the Bears. We we laughed at that a little bit on the Rapid Reaction show because that, that was happening as soon as we were starting up the show. Uh, but just brutal. Just brutal to lose that way to the uh, the Bears, especially off of a roughing the passer call. Uh, but still, it's funny because it's the Broncos. And then Big Ben and Drew Brees are both hurt and out. Big Ben out for the year. Drew Brees out for, I believe, six to eight weeks. And then Eli Manning is benched. So... Three old quarterbacks are out, injured, injured, and benched. Again, Mason Rudolph looks a lot better than Ben Roethlisberger does in 2019. Daniel Jones, we'll see. He can't be any worse. Now, for the Saints, it's a big blow. For the Saints, you lose a good quarterback, and you're putting in Teddy Bridgewater and Tyson Hill. So, we'll see how all that goes. But, moving on to Week 3 predictions. Tonight, you have the Jaguars at home welcoming in the Titans on Thursday Night Football. I'm taking the Jags plus one. On Sunday, you have the Cincinnati Bengals going to Buffalo. I'm taking Buffalo minus the six. Dolphins going to Dallas. Dallas favored by 21 and a half. It's a big margin. Josh Rosen gets the nod for the Miami Dolphins. But if I had to pick a side, I'm picking the Cowboys minus 21 and a half. But obviously, the Cowboys went out right. Of course. And then uh, Broncos at Packers. Packers favored by eight points. Give me the Packers in this one. I'll go ahead and lay the eight points. Falcons at Colts. The Falcons just come off just came off an emotional game against the Eagles that went down to the wire on Sunday Night Football. The Colts and Jacoby Brissett just got a big win against Tennessee, but Jacoby Brissett is now wearing a knee brace. This game can go either way, and the spread shows it with the Colts only favored by two points. I'm sticking with the Colts, though. Minus two at home. Uh, Give that to me. I'm picking the Colts in this one. Raiders traveling to Minnesota against Kirk Cousins, the disaster quarterback that is Kirk Cousins, just the dumpster fire. Oh, my goodness, Kirk Cousins. But he's favored by eight points. I'm staying away from this line totally, but if I had to pick an outright winner, let's go with Kirk Cousins, the abomination of a quarterback that he is. Jets going to New England. New England favored by 23. Give me New England. I'll go ahead and lay the 23. Lions at Eagles. Eagles minus seven. Give me the Eagles minus seven. Uh, They're going to obviously win outright and also uh, win by more than seven. Panthers at Cardinals. Go ahead and give me the Panthers to... Oh, you know, this is a tough one. I'm sorry about that. Panthers are, are minus two and a half. Give me the Cardinals plus two and a half, actually. Go ahead and give me Kyler Murray at home against the Panthers. And then the Giants at Bucks. Bucks are a six and a half point favorite. I'll take the, you know what? I'll take the Giants in this one. Slinging Danny Dimes plus six and a half. Don't know if they're going to win this one, but they're going to cover the six and a half. Texans at Chargers. Chargers favored by three. Give me the Texans plus three. Steelers at 49ers. 49ers favored by seven. Give me the Steelers in this one. Mason Rudolph going to go into San Francisco and shock the world getting the Steelers their first win. Saints at Seahawks. Seahawks favored by four and a half points. Go ahead and give me the Saints because Teddy Bridgewater did not look good against the Rams. The Saints have an improved defense. They're looking to make a statement. Both teams are kind of in that in that area 
of a must-win-ish game. They're not quite a must-win. Your season's not over, but you're going to want to win this one, especially this one. So go ahead and give them the Seahawks and the four points. Ravens at Browns. Rave, uh, excuse me, not Ravens. Rams at Browns. Rams minus three. Give me the Browns plus three. Again, that atmosphere in Cleveland. This team that's still a good team with a lot of talent on paper is going to finally show up, and they're going to beat the Rams. And so give me the Browns plus three. And then Monday Night Football to conclude the weekend. Bears minus four and a half at Redskins. Redskins at home in this one, but I'm still taking the Bears. Bears minus four and a half. They've been a team that struggled in both weeks. Looked bad against the Packers. Should have lost to the Broncos. But the Redskins are an awful football team. Go ahead and give me the Bears minus four and a half. So my locks of the week. last uh, This season I've gone four and three in locks of the week. But if you follow me on Twitter, I give you better betting advice than this for some reason. Because whenever I get down to it, I make better decisions on Sunday. So you're going to want to follow me on Twitter if you want my locks of the week. I have a much better record than this uh, personally. And again, that's at Ryland underscore Styles. But right now, my locks of the week are Steelers plus seven, Texans plus three, Browns plus three, and Bears minus the four and a half. For Grant, he's two and two. Again, he missed week one. So for his locks of the week, he's not on today's show, but I, I, I made him send some locks in for you guys. Cowboys minus the 21 and a half. I like that pick. Bills minus six. Falcons plus two. And Redskins plus four. So there you go. That's the lock of the week. That's the Arrowhead Attic podcast for this week. Previewing the Baltimore Ravens game. Folks, it's going to be a very fun Sunday of football. Especially if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, which I think most of you are if you're listening to a Chiefs podcast. But if you're not a Chiefs fan, thank you for listening anyway. Go ahead and leave a review on wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Go ahead and shoot me a follow on Twitter along with your takes of the NFL and also of of just what we've talked about today on the show. And give me your own locks of the week if you want. Help me make money. I've helped you make money. Help me make money. Uh, so a lot of things you can do there. Again, you can also tweet at me what you like about the show and what you didn't like about the show, how we can improve in that way. Thank you so much for listening to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast as a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network. On Sunday, we'll have the Rapid Reaction Show immediately following the Ravens-Chiefs game. Be good and be good to one another, and we will see you at that time. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save